ladies. You're listening to the Gift of Life podcast, which is a space used to create dialogue and to share the lives of women through discussions, stories, interviews, etc. to help women know and find their purpose in this world while connecting with God, themselves, their bodies, and other beautiful women. We are all sisters in this world and have been blessed with the gift of life. Hello ladies and welcome back to the Gift of Life podcast. On today's episode we have another special guest, Nilu, who is a wonderful, wonderful lady. I'm so excited to share a little bit of her story with you today. She is currently a student midwife, but she has been a birth worker for over 10 years. So I'm really excited to um, hear what she has to say and share it with you all. I've been following her online for a few years now and it's just so amazing that we've come full circle and are now able to meet while doing this podcast. So without further ado, thanks so much for listening. Okay, welcome back to the show. I have here with me Nilu today. I'm so happy that you were able to join us on the Gift of Life podcast. Um, Why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Great. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, disclaimer, I am at home, so there might be little children that you might hear in the background. <laughs> okay. So just putting that out there. Um, a little bit about myself. I am married and a mom of four. Okay. My eldest is 16, and then I have a daughter who's 13. I have a six-year-old son and then a two-year-old daughter. Oh, um yeah, so I'm pretty busy in the mom world. <laughs> um, I am currently in midwifery school. Before I was in midwifery school, I was a birth doula and postpartum doula for the last 10 so years. Wow, okay. Um, yeah. So How- that's, oh, and I live in California, Bay Area. Okay, Callie. I have a few viewers from Callie, so it's nice. Yes, the weather's beautiful right now. Okay, and how is it for you being a mom and you said you were a postpartum doula before and now Mm -hmm. you're in school? So how is it for you just uh, managing your time and managing what you're doing? Yeah, honestly, um, I have a lot of family support. I feel like that is key when you're kind of in the birth world um, to have a support system because, you know, birth can happen at any time and there's no schedule. So it could happen in the middle of the night and you have to have somebody at home or somebody willing to come when you have to go. So Alhamdulillah, I've been blessed from the beginning to live close to my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, So when my kids were younger, when my older two were younger, I would just leave them with her or my husband. You know, if I left in the middle of the night, he would drop them off before he went to work. Um, And then after I had my third, I actually took a little, you know, it took some time off from Mm -hmm. birth. And that's when I started doing postpartum work. you know, because I still wanted to be with women in some sort of way, but I, I wasn't able to be at birth with a newborn baby. Yeah. Um, and that's when I really looked into postpartum work and my own postpartum experience kind of helped me like really dig deep into like, what is postpartum, yeah. you know? 
And I would ask my grandmother lots of questions. Interestingly, my mom, I had nothing to teach me when it came wow. to postpartum. I think that generation just kind of lost that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, she had left India when she was like 16 and, you know, they migrated to England. And I, I, I just think that generation, our parents' generation, they just kind of lost like their traditions and that sort of way yeah um and they became really into like western medicine that was really like big for them you know yeah um but my grandmother had a lot to share because she obviously did it herself you know and it, it was it was part of the customs so I learned a lot from her and from other elders in the community and so I started doing postpartum work um and with that, that was a little bit easier because you could schedule that, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, you're not going in the middle of the night. I would go in the evening, like after I put the baby to sleep and after I made dinner or something. And those usually last like an hour or two sessions. So those were definitely easier. Um, and then when I started doing doula work again, you know, I really had to like have like my husband really help out yeah. and, um, you know, it's, it can be very challenging at times, um, especially like, you know, like your kids are in school, your husband has a job, he has to go to, he's like the main <laughs> provider, you know, so I can't have him like miss work if I have to go to a birth, but alhamdulillah, it's, it worked out. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of like COVID happened and everyone was working from home. Okay. So that actually worked out in my favor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he was always home when I had to go so it allowed you to basically pick up more clients and be more flexible yes and that was actually the time where I really was kind of exploring outside of the doula world Mm -hmm. um and just kind of like I don't know if I want to continue this path the way it's going right now because as you know during COVID, like, it was just, it was, it was really insane, the yeah. hospital. I mean, you know, women were delivering babies by themselves. Like, their spouses weren't even there. Yeah. Um, so, of course, the doulas weren't even allowed. So, that was, that, that was really tough on all the birth workers. That was tough on me. And I really kind of had to be like, okay, like, am I going to continue doing these virtual, you know, doula support? Or what am I going to do? And I really had to kind of pivot and I just, that's when I decided I only want to work with home birth clients as a doula still, but Mm -hmm. only work with home birth clients at that point. Okay. And was that, I guess it wasn't so much of a hard decision, just kind of like the best for you at that time. Yes. Um, I did, you know, I supported maybe like, um, three or four moms like when it was completely shut down and doulas weren't allowed and I did that virtually and it I I mean they say like no I really helped them and just listening to my voice but I felt like this is a disservice to Mm -hmm. these mothers you know like I like I didn't know how to you know support them the best that I could um it was I just, it was weird. Like, I, I couldn't feel connected to the situation. And, you know, there's, like, audio issues. And, yeah. You know, there's so many people in the room with them. There's a nurse, a doctor's coming in, and it's, like, nobody's actually paying attention to 
the laptop that's on and the doula on the laptop trying to voice like hang on this is what my client actually wants you yeah know? like that was really hard um and I just felt like this isn't fair like I like and it was too much for me and I honestly I was feeling like this is so unfair to women who are trying to support other women in this space because this is the chance, this is the medical system's opportunity to kind of push us aside, mm-hmm. you know? And I just was like, no, I'm not, I don't want to stand for this. I, I, don't, I actually don't want to work in a system like this. And I'm only, I'm only going to work with women who are planning to have home births because I will get to be with you, you know, physically. And like, I, you know, I believe that home birth is, if you're healthy, I believe home birth is the best place to have a baby. Yeah. Um, especially during all this craziness that was going on. It, interestingly enough, like a lot of moms who had never thought to have a home birth were deciding to have home births because they didn't want to be alone in the hospital. Yeah. They didn't want their baby taken away from them if they tested positive. So it was so interesting to see like the numbers go up for home births um during COVID and it was fairly I mean it was a hard decision honestly because I do love supporting women in the hospital like I feel like they definitely need a doula mm-hmm. um but for me like at that point like I had been doing this for years and I just was like I'm done fighting this system like <laughs> I just want something different and so yeah it was fairly easy um choice to make that's great I mean I can I can only imagine the, you know, amount of disconnect and stress as, like, a mom going into the hospital alone, you know? Mm -hmm. And it definitely makes for, you know, you to say, okay, I'm going to make a different decision here. I I want a home birth. And definitely having people that advocate for it because, as you can see, it's, you know, constantly birth workers are being pushed out of the Mm -hmm. hospitals, you know, for years. So it's no surprise there. Um, when you're like choosing your home birth clients, are there like, do you have certain requirements that you, you feel like the clients should meet in order for you to take them on as a client? So, no, there's not really a difference between choosing a home birth client and when I was having clients going into the hospital for me, it was more so like, you know, as a doula, the process for me was like, we would meet in person, they would talk to me over the phone, and then we would kind of set up like an interview. Mm-hmm. And it goes both ways, right? Like, they're kind of feeling me out, but I'm also feeling them out. And if at any point, I felt like, mm, I don't think we're connecting, or, you know, I, I don't think I'm, I'm a good fit for you. Like, you know, it's just kind of like the sixth sense, I guess you would have, like, it wasn't like something specific or a question that they asked me or a question that I asked them that would make me decide. It was more like a feeling and kind of like a vibe, you know, like energy exchange. Um, and there were, there were clients like that where I felt like, "Mm, I don't think we're a, a good fit. And, you know, I had referred them to, you know, somebody else and that I feel like would have fit better for them. Um, but yeah, for me, it's more about like the energy and like, you know, and I trust you just as much as you can trust me because mm-hmm. it goes both ways, yeah. you know? Yeah. Do you focus on once you've like chosen a client, do you focus on building that connection like a lot more through your <laughs> yes. like sessions and stuff? Yeah. So once we, um, 
you know, once the client decides to move forward, um, we'll set up like, you know, one or two prenatals for us to meet in person. Um, I'll kind of go over like, you know, their expectations of birth. Sometimes I'll do like birth education with them. Um, and I'm just there to really like, you know, provide them with resources, book recommendations, podcast recommendations, and just mainly for us to get to know each other, mm-hmm. you know, because when you're inviting someone into your birth space, I mean, that's a sacred space. So you want to be comfortable with that person there. You don't want them to be a stranger to you, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really like my opportunity to make them feel comfortable around me and, you know, kind of get a sense of like, you know, if anything is like going on in your life that you need to talk about, it's kind of like therapy too, you know, <laughs> like, you know, they, and they do open up. So there's a lot of that. Um, I've done meditation with some clients before, like um, steam sessions, mm-hmm. you know, like a, by the time they're like 38 weeks, like just go in and do like a steam session for them, um, labor prep. So by the time that they do go into labor and they call me, they're very comfortable with me, you know, yes. and I'm comfortable with them too and their husband and whoever else is there at the birth. Okay, I love that because I feel like, like you said, it's, with it being such a, a spiritual and sacred thing, if there's no connection there, it really leaves gaps, I feel like. It just leaves kind of like gaps yes. in the entire process. And I feel like you'd, it'd be like you trying to balance out, okay, are you going to be okay with me doing this? And instead of mm-hmm. actually taking more initiative to help them make those decisions that they're, you know, trying to make and stuff like that. So, yeah, I will say it's like um, being a student now, it's a little bit different. Um, because when you're a doula, you, you actually aren't doing like monthly prenatals, right? Mm-hmm. You're So you have to really make the effort to, um, you know, like go and set up appointments and meet the client, go to the house. And as a midwife, like they're coming to you or you're going to their house. And so you, you see each other monthly. Um, and so you can build that connection that way, like every month, you know, so... Um, in the beginning, when I started in midwifery school and I was, you know, helping my preceptor with, um, you know, prenatal visits, I was having a really hard time connecting with her clients mm-hmm. because I would just randomly come in for my clinical days. Like, I, I didn't know these women, you yeah. know, they're having babies until, like, I got into a schedule and I actually would see them on a monthly basis then I was like, oh, my God, okay, it's the same experience. Because I did have a moment of, gosh, like, this is different. Like, I don't feel that same connection that I do, like, when I was a doula. Mm-hmm. But I just had realized, like, I wasn't actually, like, seeing them regularly. And once I did start seeing the clients regularly, and when I would go to their, end up at their births, it was kind of like a full circle moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know each other. Like, you trust me and I trust you and I'm here at your birth and this is amazing, you know? Okay, I love that. How has it been just transitioning from, you know, being a doula to a midwife? Are you? Do you feel like you like midwifery better? Do you feel like it's, you know, compliments you more? Yes. So, um, you know, going back to... When I decided to only take home birth clients, um, you know, I was working, my friend actually is a midwife. So, you know, she was like, oh, like, you know, you can, um, 
you know, come do some of, uh, come be a doula for some of my clients. And then, you know, her and her uh, partner and her practice were like, why don't you just assist us at birth? Mm -hmm. And in order to assist, like, you you know, you have to, like, get your neonatal resuscitation um, certificate. You have to know CPR. So there's some things that I had to go do extra um, to be an assist. So... I started doing that and I decided, okay, I don't want to do doula work anymore. I'm just going to assist them at births, you know? So I'm always at a home birth and I'm part of like this practice and assisting them at births. And then I did that for a month. And then all three of us were like, why don't we just go to midwifery school? (laughs) (laughs) Like it just kind of was like a gradual, okay, I'm doing this. Now I'm going to do this. Okay. Now I'm going to do this, you know? Okay. So I enrolled in midwifery school and, you know, I mean, alhamdulillah, like, I, I had a setup already. And I feel like a lot of students don't. So it was easier for me in a way because I had a preceptor already set up. I had a practice that I was working with while I'm working on my academics. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the hardest part is finding a preceptor yeah. for students. Um, but, yeah, I definitely – it's a different side of birth for sure. Like, when you're a doula – I feel like you're on this, like, you're kind of on the other side, like, where the mother is, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're seeing birth from that way, but when you're a midwife, you're seeing it in a whole, it's like an entire, like, you have to see birth in all aspects, you have to look at the mom as a whole, like, everything that's going on, her health, family history, her relationship, not just with her spouse, but with family members mm-hmm. and other people in her life, if there's ever been a trauma. And then you have to look at, like, how the pregnancy's going. And, like, there's so many aspects to it. It's amazing. So you really kind of pick up on the individual, and you do do individualized care, you know, dealing with that one specific person and what she needs in her you know, pregnancy and labor and delivery. So by the time you're at the birth, you can pick up on all those little nuances of like, hmm, maybe this is what's slowing this down. Or hmm, maybe she needs this, you know? So it is super interesting. Um, And it's it's amazing to be on the other side and see birth in a whole new light, I guess. Like I've been doing birth work for so long, but it just seems like, it's like this entirely new thing I'm looking at now, you know, yeah. which is amazing. I mean, it has to be exciting because it sounds like it kind of is, it just fell into your lap, you know, you know, yes. where some people are like, oh, I'm trying to decide or, you know, they're kind of unsure. It just kind of like went with the flow of things of how things are going for you. So I really love that for you. It definitely yeah. seems like a perfect fit, especially how you're talking about it. You're like, no, this is amazing. I, you know, and I can hear in your voice the the passion that you have behind it. So it definitely is probably so nice to have you as a birth worker because you can <laughs> hear that in your voice, you know, that it's like something that this is what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to call you up and this is what she does. I know who to call. I feel like I get that from you. So that's really nice. Thank you. I hope it translates. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it does. Um, For you, how would you say you go about like helping clients with building a birth team? Because now that you work as a midwife, are you still recommending clients to have a doula um, or to get a postpartum doula? What are your thoughts about like a full team of people? 
Yes. So yes, definitely. Um, I think, um, you know, when there's a first time mom, we definitely like really kind of encourage moms to have a doula, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it, it is important because, you know, a midwife's role is really different. I think, I think a lot of people think like, Oh, I'm having a home birth. I have a midwife. I don't need a doula. And that's actually not true because the midwife is taking care of so many other things. Her job is not really to, um, you know, get you in different positions and rub your back and make sure you're hydrated and get you comfortable. Like, yes, she's going to do that, but she is really there to make sure you and baby are safe, you know? Mm -hmm. So she has a whole other responsibility that she has to be like alert um, and aware for, you know? So, um, and you know, we know first time moms, it takes, you know, it's a long (laughs) birth process usually, (laughs) like it takes a while and the midwives don't come with the first contraction, you know, they Mm -hmm. might not even come like when the contractions are every 10 minutes apart, they come much later in labor. Um, So to have like that support system, whether it be like a, doula or mom sister somebody there to really help you get through that first part of labor into active labor when the midwives actually do show up you know so I definitely yes we definitely suggest getting a doula um for first time moms for sure and then if it's not your first baby but it's your first unmedicated birth um definitely yes to Mm -hmm. hire a doula because it's very different um it's a very different experience like to have a medicated birth and an unmedicated birth and I think a lot of people think oh no like you know this is my fourth baby like it's my first home birth and I'll be fine but if you've had an epidural every time um it can it's basically like going through it for the first time you know because you're gonna there's no epidural at home (laughs) you know like there's there's nothing like you you have we have water we have water therapy we have the tub we have the shower we have the tens machine and that's about it yeah. you know it's like so, do you want water or water which one yeah <laughs> which one that's all we got <laughs> yeah so to definitely have a doula and then um besides a doula like we love chiropractic care mm-hmm. for you know um pregnant moms um acupuncture we love acupuncture we love moms to see a pelvic floor therapist um, you know, you just kind of want to build your cup. Um, so you're really doing everything to take care of yourself and your pregnancy to have the best outcome. That's not to say that, okay, I've done all this and I'm going to have like the most perfect birth experience. No. Um, you know, it could still be hard. You might have to transfer. Like we don't know what will happen in the birth. Mm -hmm. Right. But the fact that you are giving yourself that, you know, and, and, having that care for yourself you'll definitely have a you know you know better chance of things going smoothly yeah and you'll feel better honestly you'll feel better in your pregnancy you'll feel better in your labor like when you do all these things to take care of yourself yeah I feel like it's probably more so on the effort side you know like okay I'm putting Mm -hmm. out these things yes it could go a way that we don't prefer but I've taken the steps I needed to take to make exactly. sure I was fully taken care of. And I feel exactly. like that's kind of the message there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, birth is, it's an investment. So, 
you know, you, you don't want to go into it blindly and you don't want to go into it like carelessly. Like, you know, this is a huge thing that's about to happen to your body. So you want to do everything you can to make sure that your body is in its most optimal state, you know, for, for it to happen. Okay. I definitely agree. So like when clients are talking to you about like, okay, you know, the best way to prepare is are these the things that you're mostly telling them like hey yes just build up your birth team here are some referrals or do you give them like other everyday tips that they can do like just to manage themselves yeah um it depends you know client by client um but yes definitely you know we suggest you know acupuncture chiropractic care pelvic floor th- therapist um we suggest you know a client take a birth education class if you know, if this is their first baby or, um, you know, even if it's not their first baby, but they're just not really educated in birth, like they just Mm -hmm. kind of went in blind the first time. And, you know, now they're kind of like, oh, I want to do things differently. Like definitely taking a birth education class, like, you know, you kind of should know the process of birth and what's about to happen to you. Um, And then obviously there's herbs, you know, tinctures, different things like that, that we might suggest depending on like, what the situation is you know Mm -hmm. um obviously supplements things like that but it's all like you know person by person so for one mom like all she might need is like a chiropractor you know and she's doing everything else perfectly fine and another mom might need everything yeah you know so it just really depends but yeah there's like a whole list a whole bag a goodie bag of things that we that we have ready to hand over to mom um you know, like suggestions and things like that. Do you find, um, like with people who want home births, are they more enthusiastic about taking those steps to find those other birth workers? Cause I feel like sometimes you can tell someone like, um, Oh, you know, you, you should do this and like, Oh, okay. And then they don't do it. So do you find like, Mm -hmm. if they're hiring you to do a home birth, rather than like when you used to go to the hospitals, you find them to be more invested. I guess that's the word. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, seeing, you know, working with moms who are going into the hospital versus working with moms who are having a home birth, I do see the moms that are choosing a home birth more invested in the birth. And in a way, um, I would say like they're, they're more up for taking your suggestions. I feel like when you're having a hospital birth, um, you know, they just, it's like they already in their head have a birth team that's kind of there waiting for them when the birth happens. So they they might not be like, well, I don't need this or I don't need that. Like, you know, whereas at home, like this is it, like we are the team. Mm-hmm. So they really do like, you know, take your advice into consideration. And if you're saying, Hey, you know, we think you should take this herbal supplement your blood pressure is a little bit elevated you need to take these herbs or you know um we you know the baby's in a funky position maybe try some chiropractic care um they are more eager to try those things and to do those things because they have invested in having a home birth so they want to do anything they can to make that a possibility right Mm -hmm. so if you're you know your care provider i mean the midwife is the care provider so if she's saying like hey, I want you to try these things, and what do you think about this? Then, you know, moms are usually more willing to be like, yes. The only reason 
I would find that they don't is if there's financial issues. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it's too expensive to do all the other things, um, that's when that's when I notice that they won't actually do it. Or they might wait, like, okay, I'll see the chiropractor, but, like, I'll see the chiropractor when I'm 39 weeks, like, one time or something, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Which is fine, too, you know? Um, things like that. But, like, the herbs and supplements, definitely they'll take. I mean, um, and if there is, like, a financial issues, we just kind of take it out from the cost, you mm-hmm. know? Because if we feel like this is like important, like you need to do this, then we'll just take it off the okay. cost. Sometimes I've seen the midwives do that too. Yeah. That's nice. That's very helpful. Cause like you said, that, that financial, you know, stress can start to come in. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, we're about to have a baby and they're telling me I need to go to a chiropractor appointment, but then I also need yeah. this and it definitely can add on to, you know, the stress of yeah. the pregnancy. So that's nice that, you know, with some things, there's a little bit of flexibility with that. Yeah, and every midwife is different. Um, you know, like some some midwives have a sliding scale. Um, some midwives do the uh, births pro bono. It depends on the situation. I mean, every situation, every midwife, every practice is different. Mm-hmm. Generally, that's how it goes. Um, yeah, um, I would say that, like, a lot of people think home birth is expensive, and I think it's because they see the money taken out right away, right? Whereas when you're having a hospital birth, it's like this invisible transfer that kind of happens, you know? Um, And then you pay the bill after the fact, after the insurance is already, like, paid for whatever they pay for, and then you get, like, your portion. Whereas at a home birth, like, you're paying up front, and then your insurance pays you back, right? So it feels like, oh, gosh, like, this is a lot of money, but it's actually cheaper to have a baby at home than it is to have even like a completely unmedicated, like nothing, you had nothing, no IVs, nothing, birth in the hospital. It's That's still going to be more expensive than having a home birth yeah. in the end. I will never forget when my friend got stitches and a Tylenol and it was $1,300. So yeah. I can only imagine, <laughs> you know, a, a birth that, you know, it, it might turn into a C-section. You yeah. got an epidural before, you know, you're talking easy twenty, thirty thousand dollars yeah. these days. So more, you more, know, yeah. it's, it's definitely up there. Um, yeah. how do you deal with like, um, spiritual support? I know earlier you were saying that sometimes you do meditation with clients, but is there like specific things that you do with your clients to help them um, kind of like on that spiritual aspect? So this is such an interesting question. And, you know, right now there's so many things, um, you know, like Islamic this or uh, birthing sunnah this or something. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these things out there, which is so interesting to me because I, it's like, I don't even focus on that part. Like me being a Muslim woman, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I have, like my worldview is the view of the lens of Islam, you know? So everything I do is through that lens. So I feel like I don't have to put like a label on it, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and we don't just work with Muslim clients. We work with a lot of non-Muslim clients, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, it's interesting. Like if, if we're at a birth and, you know, like, whether it's a Muslim client or non-Muslim client. And, you know, um, one time we had a client and 
you know, she was young and uh, she was just having a hard time kind of getting through that threshold, you know, and mm -hmm. like we just we were just like me and the midwife were like, okay, we need to get her to like, like just really calm down and be centered. And we just started playing the sheets for her, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to kind of like, okay, maybe this will help you out, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's not like I have like this, okay, I'm going to read this du'a and then I'm going to do the salawat and I'm going to do this, like it's not like that like mm -hmm. it's just yeah everything's in the moment um you know if there's like a tough situation i just feel like being a muslim like you're just naturally going to start making the art yeah. doing while they're doing you know it's like yeah just because we're muslim so it's like that's just what we're taught and we see everything in that lens so yeah, yeah it's not anything specific it's not like for me there's like this islamic way of birthing mm -hmm. i feel like birth is a human thing it happens to all humans you know so whether you're christian muslim hindu atheist like you're gonna go through it um just as everyone else does and i feel the women who do have faith have an easier time of getting to that submission point that we all get to in birth Whereas the ones who don't have faith or are atheists, they have a little bit of a harder time getting there because they they have nothing to submit to, mm -hmm. you know, except for their ego. Mm. Um, so that's the only difference that I've noticed. But yeah. you know, it's like a, it's a human thing that happens to us. Yeah. So yeah, I I I personally don't feel like there needs to be a label on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, that is so interesting. You say that with. Um you know, having an easier time to submit because that that's really a big part of, you know, every aspect of our lives. And mm -hmm. like you said, it's so much easier when it's you're submitting to something that's above you, you know, mm -hmm. rather than yourself. Um, exactly. So that's really interesting. But I do hear even um, I do follow even some Christian ladies who, you know, make it a point to have some spiritual things with their, you know, while, while they're helping other women with birthing. Mm -hmm. And so I, like you said, I think it's, um, it has to do with that faith aspect of just like, I, um, you know, I have something that I'm leaning on that's yeah. that I'm using as a support to get me through this, you know, yeah. this next phase. So that's really interesting. Um, yeah. And, okay, so I do have a question. I want to know, when you're helping these ladies, how do you take care of yourself? Um, like, what kind of self-care are you doing that um, is going to help you help them? Mm -hmm. So what me and a few of my girlfriends have been doing is going to the spa. Um we started actually during COVID, you know, like there was really nothing to do. And when things started opening up again, we found all these bathhouses. <laughs> um, and so we just started doing that where, you know, there, you know, there's like a cold plunge and a hot pool and a steam room mm -hmm. and a sauna and all these things. And that just really kind of helped center me. Um, you know, when you're going to births a lot, um, and especially as a student, like, you don't have a break, you know. Um, the midwives, you know, they take time off and things like that. But you being a student, or at least me, how I was, how I am as a student, like, I just wanted to go to every single birth, mm -hmm. you know. I wanted to get as much experience as possible. So I had no break. 
you know, at all, like no time off. So it really does kind of jar your nervous system, you know? Um, and you're just constantly like on edge. Like, am I going to get a call? Am I going to get a call? Like, do I have to go tonight? Am I going to have to go tonight? Mm. Do I have a car at home? Like, is my, do I have all my supplies? So you're just constantly thinking about that. And so being able to just go to a spa, <laughs> like relax for like two, three hours, just really like it was like a reset and you know we would go like once a month and that honestly has helped me so much and now it's just kind of been part of my life like if I don't go to a bathhouse like I might go get a massage or something you Mm -hmm. know or I might go for a run just really being intentional of I need to do something for myself and not just like you know, like mindlessly walking the aisles of Target, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I need to actually do something for myself that's kind of, you know, kind of like help my nervous system and my immune system, like boost that immunity too. Um, So that has really, really helped me. It kind of, it's like a reset and, you know, um, along with that, like every week we actually have like a gathering that we do like a thicker gathering. So on the spiritual aspect, I feel like that really helps like just to start the week off. And it's like you do, you have this nice spiritual gathering, like, you know, thicker, and it just helps you like uplift you spiritually too. Cause birth is heavy. It can be really heavy. Even if things go perfectly, it's still like a heaviness, like, Oh, like, being like a miracle like that all the time can be very heavy, you know? Yes, for sure. But I love that the weekly mallets are great. Um, and then, like you said, it just gives you a, a fresh start to the week, you know, to go yes. along with like Jumar and everything. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm rejuvenated. I'm full. My cup is full. I'm ready. Yes. to, <laughs> I'm ready to pour out into everything that comes in my way. So I yes, really exactly. love that. I love that. And definitely the spa. I think this year I've started going out to the spa more. And like you said, kind of like being, no, I definitely want to get a facial. I think I'm feeling this kind yes. of way and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. being intentional with that. And not to feel that. guilty. Yeah. I think, I think that's the thing. Like before, you know, like obviously I knew about spas before, but it was just this guilt I had. Like, oh, I'm going to be gone for two hours. Like, oh my God, is my husband going to be okay with all the kids? Do they have dinner? Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, no, <laughs> I'm going. I need to do this. And not to have that guilt, yeah. you know, of like, I left the house and I feel so bad. Yeah. And I'm worried while I'm gone. And while I'm gone, is everything going to be okay? You know, like when I return. And now it's like, like they've kind of all gotten used to it. So when I do leave, it's like they know, oh, mama's on her way home. Like, let's make sure everything's clean and put away and tidy. Because you also don't want to go to a spa and come home to a mess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's nice, too. Okay. I love that. So my last question is just, I want to know, like, what is one thing that you'd tell every young woman who's like, on her first pregnancy or hasn't had a pregnancy yet, like what's one thing you would give them that's like a tip or just some advice to look out for or really anything that you'd like to share? Yeah. So for the pregnant mamas, I would definitely say, um, you know, really explore your birth options. Um, there's more than one way of having a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the sad thing is that a lot of women just, they just don't know that there's other options out there, whether it be home birth or birth center, or, um, 
you know, whatever. So definitely like explore your options, research, find a doula. Um, that's very important for the ones that aren't pregnant. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of, I feel like the older I get, I get, I become more old school. I've been turning into my grandmother <laughs> and for them, I will say, you know, if you can start having babies, <laughs> don't wait because you know, the longer you wait, not only is it harder to get pregnant, but it's just harder on your body when you're older and having children. Mm -hmm. Um, so to, you know, be a young mother and have, you know, babies in your twenties, I feel like that's ideal for women. Like that's when we should be having babies. We're the healthiest and not, not the healthiest. We might be actually really unhealthy, but our body internally, like, you know, it's easier for us to have babies. Um, it's easier for us to fix our health problems. It's easier for us to manage pregnancies and young children. Like, I feel like Allah just built us in that way. Mm -hmm. As opposed to when we're older in our 30s and 40s, it really does get harder and harder on your body. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen older women have babies and I've just seen them struggle. Like, it's so hard for them. They're very tired. Um, it takes them longer to heal. So, you know, I feel like travel and work and all that will always be there. But there's only a small window where you can actually, you know, have babies and be young and, you know, get through it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's lovely. I love that advice because people don't say that often, especially in you know, how our society is going now, it's kind of like, okay, work, travel, enjoy, yes. and then, you know, you can worry about family later, and you're saying the opposite, so I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm turning into a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a compliment to her. But it's just, I feel like, you know, with age comes wisdom, and I've I've seen a lot in the 40 years that I've lived on this earth and especially in all the years I've been doing birth work. It's just this trend. It really is like if you ask any midwife, she will tell you have kids young, like yeah. just have them young. You know, um, when we get clients that are a little bit older, like we already kind of have like a little thing in our brain of, okay, this is how things might go. You know, it might be a little bit harder. The The labor and birth might be a little bit harder or longer on this mom um, because that's what we've seen, you know? Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's super interesting. Okay. Yeah, we're going to take that. Um, with that, I really appreciate you, um, you know, calling in, being on the podcast, sharing some of your wisdom. Um I definitely appreciate it. I'm hoping all the best for your midwifery courses. And I know you're going to do great in that. Alhamdulillah. Thank and, you. Um, yeah, just thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. This was great. Yes. I really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's topic. And I hope it gave you some food for thought. Be sure to subscribe and share our podcast with others. You can find us on the Anchor app as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow our sponsor at Jawahar Life on Instagram. 
And until next time, keep embracing your gift of life.